What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, Bleacher Report recently did a redraft of the 2017 draft in which the Bulls took Laurie Marketing. So we're going to talk about that. Who do they have the Bulls selecting now in the redraft? And then we're going to revisit the Laurie Marketing trade that we're almost at the year anniversary of and the impact of that and what, what's, what that meant and kind of signaled for the new Bulls regime. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So, as I said in the opening, Bleach Report recently did a redraft of the 2017 draft. Now, this draft uh, has produced only four All-Stars over the course of this draft. Um, only one all player to be on an all NBA team, and that is that is Jason Tatum. So out of this draft, the four all-stars so far have been Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo, and Jared Allen. Other than that, no other all-stars generated from this, even though there are some really solid players in this in, in this draft as well. There have been some big misses as well. Markel Fall to the start of his career was kind of weird. He came back out of it pretty well. We drafted Laurie Marketing in this draft. Frank Nilakina, uh, who like end up turning into nothing for the Knicks uh, and they thought he was going to turn into something. Um, uh, some other misses, Malik, uh, I wouldn't say Malik Monk is a miss. Let me not say that. Dennis Smith Jr., who had an initial really good rookie season, kind of fell off the cliff there. Uh, Justin Patton, where's he at now? Uh, DJ Wilson, TJ Lift, John Collins, who did show, turn into something. Uh, Harry Giles, who are a G-Lay. I can't remember how you pronounce his name. But uh, with that being said, who, who seemed like he was promising but had some injury concerns. Um, but some of the some of the gems in this draft, OG Ananobi, who was drafted 23rd overall in this draft. Um, I already mentioned um, Jared Allen, uh, who, you know, he, he was drafted 22nd, but turning into an all-star in this draft as well. Some just this some overall Kyle Kuzma, who turned into a pretty solid player as well. Like there were some players that were drafted later in this draft. Um, so it, it makes a redraft interesting. Now, in the redraft, uh, one of the things that the bull, um, sorry, the Bleach Report does have Jason Tatum. Now going first, who was originally picked third. Bam Adebayo going second, who was originally picked 14th. Uh, Donovan Mitchell originally picked 13th, going third in this redraft. Jared Allen, who was picked 22nd, going number four overall. John Collins, who was originally picked 19th, him going number five. Uh, De'Aaron Fox going number six, where he was originally picked fifth. And Lonzo Ball coming in at number seven. He was originally picked number, number second overall, but coming in at number seven to be drafted by the Chicago Bulls. Round out the top 10, OG Ananobi in the redraft, going number eight, originally 23rd. Derek White, originally 29th, going ninth overall. And then Luke Kennard, who was originally picked 12th, going 10th overall. So that's just kind of looking at some of the, some of the, the redrafts. They do have Laurie Marketing going number 11 <laughs> overall, whereas he was drafted seventh, which would have sent him to the Charlotte Hornets. Um, but the interesting thing in this draft is Lonzo Ball coming to the Chicago Bulls at number seven. Now, how is this? How would this have changed the history of the Chicago Bulls? One would say, "Hey, well, that means that Lonzo was always destined to be a Chicago Bull, and that could very well be true, right?" They, they could have saw they had their backcourt locked in. Keep in mind, this is the same time that they drafted um, Larry Markkinen, so that, may, that 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 means he came over in the same trade as Zach Levine, which means that they would have brought in Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine in the same year to become a Chicago Bull. Now, Chris Dunn would have still been part of that trade. Um, so how would that have changed for the Chicago Bulls? Would the Bulls still have who they were very high on Chris Dunn at that time? Keep in mind, 
almost the year before they would have traded Chris Dunn um, for uh, uh, traded Jimmy Butler for Chris Dunn straight up is something that they they, they were contemplating. Um, and as I've always said, Zach Levine was not looked at as being a main piece in that trade. It was really Laurie and Chris Dunn and Zach Levine, who was coming off of injury while a promising piece wasn't one of the. The key pieces that I think the Bulls front office at that time would have thought that as of now, Zach Levine is the one who signs the largest contract in Chicago Bulls history in this offseason. Now, so what does that mean for the Chicago Bulls? You know, like I said, one would think that, oh, the Bulls would have had their backcourt. But like I said, working in the Chris Dunn aspect of it, they probably would have still tried to start Chris Dunn. Lonzo Pop may, maybe would have had to work himself into the starting lineup. But let's take all that away, right? The Chris Dunn of it all, let's just throw that to the side because we know Chris Dunn ended up turning into nothing. The biggest question that I do have, considering the injury concerns for Lonzo Ball, especially in his first two seasons, would the Bulls have held on to Lonzo Ball? Keep in mind, higher on Chris Dunn, um, things like that. Would they have, and we're just saying for the nature of this, if they would have drafted Lonzo. Because of how high they were on Chris Dunn, they probably would not have drafted another point guard. But if they did, everything stayed the same, but they drafted Lonzo instead of Larry Marketing. Lonzo, let's say everything stays the same. He does have that injury concerns, things like that. Do they end up moving off? From Lonzo Ball, keep in mind, Gar Pax was still in power. For They would have still been in power up until 2020. So that still would have been three years of having Lonzo Ball before um, uh, AK and Eversley would have come in. Would Gar Pax have moved on from Lonzo Ball? That is the biggest question. I'm of two minds because, you know, as we know with Gar Pax, they did hold on to players a little bit longer sometimes. They were slower to move away from players unless they, like with the Bobby Portis thing, unless they weren't going to accept an extension, things like that. Would they have kept on or would they have used Lonzo as a trade chip considering the, the hype around Lonzo Ball at that time? Now, the, the redraft is just an interesting thing because it, you, you have to go through so many different things to kind of make this redraft work because, again, in no world in 2017 would Donovan Mitchell have gone that high. It's only with hindsight that we say that. But if Lonzo Ball would have become a Chicago Bull, like I said, the biggest question to me that I'm presenting there is do they hold on to him with his injury concern or do they move on from him? Do they use him as a trade chip? Does he get a chance to develop into the it, develop chemistry with Zach Levine and them come up as this dynamic uh, backcourt duo? It does affect. It would, in a lot of ways, change a lot of things as a light dies in the back. But it would change a lot of things in Chicago Bulls history. They then probably don't draft Kobe White if if Lonzo Ball does shine for them later on, which they do some other things down the stretch there. It's 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 just one of those things like I I, I don't know. Gar Pax is such an interesting front office. Like they do things that are just, that they did things that just made no sense. They didn't really have foresight in the way that they were building the team. Um and I just I, I think everything happens for a reason, right? Lonzo coming into the Chicago Bulls system at that time. I don't think Lonzo would be a Chicago Bull right now. I just don't think he would. And not because of his own doing, not just because of the injury. I just don't think Gar Pax at that point, considering how high they were and done and other things like that, that they would have that they would have held on to Lonzo with injury concerns. Now, one would say that, hey, on the flip side of that, let me offer both sides of that. No, maybe they will keep Lonzo. They'll let him and Zach Levine develop at this point now and this at this time. Maybe Lonzo Ball doesn't even have those injury concerns, right? nature of what I'm talking about, I, I am saying that he still has the injury concerns because it is still something, for example, we dealt with this season. Um, but maybe they do. Maybe they see, hey, this, this Lonzo kid is is better defensively than Chris Dunn. We, he can work on a shot. Again, the way that the Bulls develop, like, does Lonzo even change the shot as much? I don't know. But And then now we have a front court as a piece that that is a young front court that's developing over the next three years together. And maybe we're better off at that point. I don't really know. It's just interesting to live in that ulterior 
world thing. Let me know down below. How do you think things would change if the Bulls did end up with Lonzo Ball in that 2017 redraft? Now, on the flip side of that, one of the things I want to talk about is revisiting the Laurie Marketing trade. So Laurie Marketing was traded on August 28th. So we're five days away from the one-year anniversary of the Laurie Marketing trade. But let's go ahead, since it came up in this redraft, and revisit that trade now. So uh, Laurie Marketing, that, the trade that went down is that we sent Laurie to Cleveland in a three-team trade with uh, the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, in that three-team trade, uh, Cleveland also traded Larry Nance Jr. to Portland and a protected 2023 second-round pick um, to, the, to the Chicago Bulls. And then the Bulls, we got Derrick Jones Jr. and a first-round pick from Portland um, that we still hasn't conveyed yet. We'll see what happens with that. It was lottery protected, continues to be protected. Um, so, how, like, revisiting this trade and looking at it, and the biggest thing with this, and I don't mean to drum up any PTSD, right? Right? But this was kind of the first sign of the Chicago Bulls avoiding the luxury tax because they could have. Portland almost didn't need to be involved in this trade at all. This trade could have very well worked out to the point where the Bulls just took in Larry Nance's contract, which was more, which was a position of need, especially looking at hindsight. Now Patrick Williams went down. How different does this team, Bulls team look if we have Larry Nance Jr. here instead of Derrick Jones Jr.? Now, one could also say if we did not do the trade the way that we did, we wouldn't have Portland's upcoming first-round pick in next year's draft, which very well may convey because I think Portland is going to make the playoffs, and I do think we're going we're gonna to get that pick next season. But if that doesn't happen, right, if, if, if the Bulls weren't trying to avoid the luxury tax, we would have Larry Nance Jr. We wouldn't, prob we wouldn't have Portland's first round pick. We would have a future 2023 second round pick um, from Denver in that case, but we wouldn't have the first round pick. So it really, when you're, when you're looking at reevaluating re that trade, you're looking at it saying, is the future asset in the first round pick from Portland that, that again, could convey this season? Is that greater than having Larry Nance Jr. last season for the Chicago Bulls? And then how does that change this, this past offseason for the Bulls? Like, do they still need to go after Andre Drummond? Do they, like, what, what, what changes with the Bulls team? There? It's a lot of questions to, that, that, could be, that could be asked there, right? A lot of questions that could be asked. Ultimately, I do think, especially considering Derrick Jones Jr. ended up, he didn't have the best season. He had a stretch there, but he didn't have the best season with the Chicago Bulls. He's not a better player than Larry Nance Jr. They still tried the way that they used Derrick Jones Jr. last season. If you keep everything the same and you lose Larry Nance in that position instead of Derrick Jones Jr., you're you're still giving up some size, but not as much. You have a player that's more naturally a four and can play a small small ball five. You still he still offers some ability to stretch the floor, things like that. Is he the shot blocker that Derrick Jones Jr. has shown that he can be at stretches? Eh, there's some some questions to be asked there. But I'm looking at that and saying, man, um, I still would have rather the Chicago Bulls had Larry Nance Jr. instead of Derrick Jones Jr. Even with that first round pick. Now, if the Bulls turn around and do something with that first round pick, that's different, right? But are they going to? Are they going to is the question. Um, I, I you know, we'll see if it conveys. There are there are some doubts that if it does convey, especially with Portland being in the West. Does that pick actually convey? And I understand those questions there. But looking at the, the seasons of Larry Nance Jr. and Derrick Jones Jr., let, let's, let's, let's just get into that some, right? It, and again, different teams, different ways of playing. Things could be different. Larry Nance Jr. last season um, played in 46 overall games between Portland and New Orleans. He started 11 of those games. And his overall season averages are 7 points, 5.4 rebounds, and 1.8 assists with a PER, player efficiency rating, of 14.37, which is really good for a primarily bench player. Derrick Jones Jr. on the flip side of that, 
gave us 5.6 points per game, 3.3 rebounds per game, 0.6 assists, and a PER of 12.98, so right under 13. Derrick Jones Jr. played in 51 games for the Chicago Bulls and started eight games. So the question remains there. You get more games with Larry, I mean, with Derrick Jones Jr., but again, Larry Nance Jr. is just a better player when he's out there on the court. And again, being a true position of need, even though they're about the same size, right? Derrick, Derrick Jones Jr. is 6'6", 210 pounds. Larry Nance Jr. is 6'7", 245 pounds. That added weight is considerable. Now, Larry Nance Jr. is also older. He's 29 years old. He has a much different contract. But again, looking back at that trade, I still say I would almost rather have Larry Nance Jr. The only thing is that kicker is what the Bulls end up doing with that first round pick that they have this season is going to be the question. Let me know what you guys think about that one down below. But before we go, let's talk about the flip of of Laurie Marketing. Let's talk about the fact that we traded Laurie Marketing. Laurie Marketing, who's played and started all 61 games that he played last season for the Cleveland Cavaliers, had averages of 14.8 points per game, 5.7 rebounds, 1.3 assists, and a PER of 14.76. Compare that to his last season with the Chicago Bulls, where he averaged 13.6 um, points per game, 5.3 rebounds per game, 0.9 assists per game, 0.3 blocks. Um, and then he had an efficiency rating in his last season for the Chicago Bulls of 15.25. Now, you know, I, I was very vocal in last offseason saying that if the Bulls could have worked it out and smoothed out that relationship, I would have loved to see Laurie Marketing stay on this team, right? Play that bench role um, and come in and see what he could have done. Considering Laurie Marketing then turned around and basically started at the three for the Cleveland Cavaliers, to be able to have, to even be able, if you're flexing him and and Patrick Williams and playing him some at the three, Patrick Williams some at the three. Again, we missed Patrick Williams for most of last season. And some Bulls fans even on this channel as recently have said that they wish that they that the Bulls would have been able to keep Laurie marketing. Now, I still believe in Laurie's overall role on the team. Like I like him being a stretch big who can who can put the ball on the floor, do some things. Um, I still think Laurie can turn into a decent player in the NBA. The the he's he's far from the finisher days, right? That's long and gone. Laurie Marketer is no longer the finisher. He's just a solid piece on a on a team. And you know, and even in doing this redraft and looking at it and reevaluating that trade, like it, the trade had to go down. Laurie needed to change the scenery. The Bulls have all but moved on from him. It, you know that Jim that Laurie Marketing is definitely a casualty of having Jim Boylan as the head coach for so long. And Gar Pax is not building a very good team around them. And I know Laurie did play one season under Billy Donovan, but still, like that that taste in the mouth from that era, I think, did affect Laurie Marketing and his development. Like, keep in mind, I've said this before too. Like, the Bulls just didn't do a good job at developing players over that stretch of time either. Jim Boylan was just not that guy. Everything does not work out. And yeah, you know, that's that's why I even had the conversation the way I did about Lonzo Ball. Like, does does he develop into the player he is now if he's under Jim Boylan for that amount of time? If he comes into this team, and again, he, he had turmoil other places, but coming to this team that just didn't know their heads from their asses in the front office for so long. And I apologize for, I've been trying my best not to curse as much, but hey, listen, it's, I, I said ass. It's not that bad. Um, <laughs> That's the biggest question. Like reevaluating this trade, I'm not really, I don't care that the Bulls didn't keep Laurie Mark. Now, like, I, even though I still... I like to see Larry Marketing play at times, uh, but I am appreciative that he's not on my team. Um, as you see, even, you know, he, he didn't really have a marketingly better um, season with the Chicago Bulls. His, P, his efficiency actually dropped some. So, you know, it kind of is what it is there. But it's just an interesting conversation to have at times. To just do the the the, the what ifs. Like, all right, if we're Marvel, it's what if for, for, for basketball. And I just look at that and say, hey, listen, yeah, the Bulls, while that I do think this trade 
was the first sign, and this is why we shouldn't be as surprised that they avoided the luxury tax again this season. This was the, the Bulls' first time of, of this new front office really doing some cost-cutting measures in a trade that could have been a position of need for the Chicago Bulls. Larry, Larry Nash is just the best. They could have had the better player in there, but they went with the player that's contract was a little bit less and that helped them avoid the luxury tax. So, you know, like, like I said, it's just kind of in, in hindsight, it's kind of interesting to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, it just, that's just where it, where it kind of sits at, but let me know what you guys think about everything down below. Um, again, taking less long-term money with Larry Nance Jr. Um, uh, it's just, you know, it, the, the thing that, the thing that bothers me about it, right. Is that you went out, you went with Derek Jones Jr. Instead of instead of Larry Nance Jr. because of because of the, the lack of long term money, which is fine, right? Let's be clear here. That's fine if that's what you want to do. And Larry Nance Jr. and Derek Jones Jr. contracts just in last season really weren't that much difference between each other. So Derek Jones Jr. last season making um making nine point six million dollars. Larry Nance Jr. guess what? No, he made nine point seven million dollars with Derek Jones Jr. Larry Nance Jr. in the first year in what what would have been a deal with the Chicago Bulls. Nine point six million dollars. So you know, uh, you know, it, it, it's 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 just it's just interesting to break down, especially when you get into saving. But now again, less long term money. Larry Nash Jr. was annually eleven eleven million dollars, and I think that's a descending contract. Um, so yeah, uh, last year last year Larry Nash Jr. made ten million dollars, so they saved about ten point six. So the Bulls saved about one million dollars in salary cap last season. The difference is is that. Larry Nance Jr. would not have been an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season like Derrick Jones Jr. was. But again, the Bulls didn't do anything with that cap flexibility. That's the difference, right? They, because Andre Drummond signed for the, for the minimum, they still would have been able to sign Andre Drummond. Still would have been able to sign him. So with that being said, like looking at it, this was one of the big first steps in this team, making a, making a long-term cap savings. But maybe it hurting hurting the team because you could have had a better player that could have played that position a little bit better. But all right, I'm belaboring the point. Let me know what you guys think about it down below. Do you reevaluating this trade? Do you still think the Bulls made the right decision? Do you wish they would have went after Larry Nance Jr.? Is the first round pick from Portland enough to to overtake that? And then lastly, let me know down below what's your overall thoughts now that we've been removed from it for a year in Laurie's stretch with the Chicago Bulls. Let me know all that down below. Thank you for being the best part of Chicago Bulls. Since you can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod.gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. You can follow the show at Bulls Central Pod. But that's it. Like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. I fucked up that, in that ending, but nonetheless, peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.